This episode is sponsored by Drew Coffee. Uh, guys, for a limited time, you can still get 50% off your first month when you subscribe at drewcoffee.co. All you got to do is drop adulting50 as the promo code uh, when you check out for your subscription. Let me tell you, people have said some amazing things. So if you're into all things coffee and you love trying new coffees, give Drew a try. It's easier than ever to jump in. Uh, yeah, get to it. This is Adulting Like a Mother Father. Thanks for tuning in to learn more. We applaud you. Now sit back, relax. So baby, keep it pushing while we have a couple laughs. And maybe get a little mushy. But don't forget to take a deep breath. Adulting can be hard sometimes. Just take the next step. Pick the right foot up and put it in front of the left. You do this over and over and you'll be ahead of the rest. And let me introduce you to the star of the show, Daniela Monet. I bet you probably heard her say, Chicago, Chicago. Well, now she's all grown up and got a little baby boy. His name is Gio. Dang, what a bundle of joy. We're a tribe of three, but we're building a community. So come along. It's time for some adulting. Welcome back to Adulting Like a Mother Father. I'm Daniela, the mother of two. And I'm Andrew, the father of two. <laughs> and we're both adults and i guess we're we're really adulting at this point i, I mean, think this we've is, graduated this is to a new level yep um you guys this is surreal we're doing this podcast from the comfort of our home from the comfort of our bed with the comfort of a little baby girl in my arms wow yeah it's pretty incredible um this episode's going to be really, really cool, you guys. We have an amazing guest on the show today. Um, we want to save all the nitty-gritty, beautiful details of the last few days for an entire episode, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime... Um, yeah, in the meantime, let's just do uh, let's do a quick update of, about what's going on, because okay. there's plenty of that. Um, and then, yeah, we have an amazing guest, and I'll get more into that before we get into that conversation. Um <laughs> But how are you feeling? I'm feeling um, just so good. I'm feeling so different than um, I think the first time with Gio for a lot of reasons. Um, one being the fact that like there's just a calmness that I have knowing that I've been here before. We've done this before. It's all flown by so fast before. And so I'm, I just feel a lot more present. And in terms of like my body, um, you know, that's a little bit of a journey, but again, like, because I've been here before and I have more familiarity around like the feelings and the healing and the pain and all that. Um, I'm just trying to take it, you know, one day at a time and just be gentle on myself. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I imagine, look, I mean, it's, a at the end of the day, it's a, it's a pretty gnarly surgery. Yeah. And uh, the road to recovery is, you know, I don't want to say extensive, but it's, uh, yeah, you definitely need some time for your body to get back mm -hmm. to being whole again. And uh, you, you, you took it like a champ, and we'll talk more about that in another episode. But uh, how are you feeling? Like last night? Um... Oh, last night I was overwhelmed. Uh, I was really overwhelmed. We were in the hospital, and she was she was fairly easy. Yeah, there. That's how and, it works. <laughs> yeah, and then we came home and. Um, she was really easy here until nighttime. She had her first stretch of sleep and everything was smooth. Actually, both kids went down at the same time, which was wild. Uh, and then when she woke up for the first feeding, 
then she it was like on and popping mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, she was hard to soothe at that point. But the great news is, is that once she did go down, she was down for the rest of the night. I had to I had to wake her up and force her to nurse, which was um, short crazy. and not yeah efficient. But she woke up at the perfect time, 6.30, 30 minutes before Gio did. So I had enough time to feed her on both sides. And then Gio came into the room and it was just like, <laughs> I can't explain it. It was literally like picture perfect. <laughs> I know. It's been incredible so far. <laughs> this is day one, you guys. Okay. So we're, yeah, we'll being, see, we'll see how we we're being so real right now and we'll be so real even when it's not so picture perfect. But it is. I mean... I don't know if it's if it's any part like on our doing or if it's just what's happening happening naturally, but it's pretty cool that you know as as a parent bringing home a new kid, you you try to prepare him beforehand. But mind you, I mean Gio's sixteen months old, so there's only so much you can do. Yeah, you know, we did our but best. But then you come home with the best intentions, and you just hope for the best, and you hope that. I want to save all that. Oh, you like, want to save that? Or you, no, I mean, okay, fine. You could get into no, it. No, that's fine. We'll no, save it. Gonna, we'll save it. We're going to post the video. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, was yeah, pretty yeah, special. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so talk about it briefly because I want to get to, um, I want to talk a little bit about the conversation we had with our guest because there was something in there that I spoke about that I've never spoken about before. Sure. Um, but real quick, tell us about <laughs> the experience of bringing her home. and Yeah, it was just her. the coolest. So you hope for the best. And, uh. We had a pretty amazing outcome, yeah. and at least so far, you know, we're one day in, but he was really receptive um, to her and excited to see us and yeah. didn't really show any signs of jealousy or that he was upset or anything. He just was genuinely excited to see us and to see her, which was so cool. And even this morning, um, he gave her a kiss on the head and he's just like being super, <laughs> super cute. It's pretty surreal. I mean... We got a little tip in the hospital, which was helpful um, on our way out. Our last nurse was like, oh, we, we know you have a little baby at home. Have you thought about how you're going to introduce them? And we were kind of just going to go off our own st- instincts. But she did say, like, make sure that, um, you know, mama goes in and maybe greets Gio first before. Hands free. Yeah, hands free. No baby in her hand um, before we show him uh, baby ivory. So I got out of the car and I was just so excited. Like I can barely hold back my tears. Just so excited to see him. And we played for a little bit and then you got out of the car and, um, and you kind of greeted him. And then shortly after you introduced him to his sister and I kind of just watched. And I think that that went really smoothly. Like yeah. it, it really helped me to get like that first initial time with him. And I'm sure it was less confusing for him that way. So, um, little tip for parents who are going to be introing their second. Baby yeah. It worked really first. well for us. Um, yeah, there was something else I wanted to say in there, but dad brain, you know, I think of it and like, literally if I don't say it, it's gone in 10 seconds. So <laughs> we'll come back to it. Yeah. Andrew's struggling a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, I'm, I'm for the most part, I'm pretty good. Like I, I remember with Gio, right. There was so much adrenaline going in the first few days once we got home, even though we weren't sleeping like at all. Yeah. Very I different. I didn't feel tired at that point. It was like a weekend when I started feeling the sleep deprivation. Um, but I feel all right this morning. I mean, I struggled through like half the night last night and then she went down for some long stretches, 
which was great. And I was just knocked out. Like nothing could have woken me up oh, last I know. night. <laughs> I know. Um, we got through it together. Her and I changed a diaper, um, got through one feed. Um, she didn't really seem interested. So I just put her back to sleep and the girl slept from, gosh, I mean, realistically, had I not woken her up, I don't know how long she would have slept, but she slept from that 4 a.m. mark to 6.30, and then I woke her up again to feed because I really wanted to get that feed over before Gio was awake. And then she's literally been sleeping all day at yeah, this point other than right feeding. Now, she's got her eyes open, everyone. But she's, basically sleeping. I mean, she's just so calm. Okay, um, real quick, switching gears. I want to talk about our guest today. Um, we had a great conversation, um, Dr. Will. Does he go by yeah, Dr. Will or Dr. I, B? No, Will. Uh, he goes by Dr. B. He's he's at the Gut Health MD on Instagram. He drops amazing content. He wrote a book called Fiber Fueled. Oh, bless you. Uh, he's a New York Times bestseller oh, off that you. book. He uh, he has his own GI practice as well. He is the all-knowing of gut health. And this conversation was mind-blowing for me. But it also helped because he, he simplified a lot of stuff, which I found super helpful and useful. Oh, it was incredibly helpful because it brought up a scenario in my life that was probably one of the most life-changing, impactful health journeys I've been on thus far. Um, and it changed me from the inside out. And I went through a lot of hard times around this period of life, too. But... Um, it was just interesting to hear the similarities in our story and how maybe people listening can, um, relate, um, yeah. from this journey, but, um, stay tuned. I want to take a quick break. We have a beautiful drew ad for you, I'm sure. So please turn we, the volume we up got you. <laughs> and then we'll come back with uh, Dr. B and, uh, and then do we have any emails or anything at the end of the show? I'm sure we do. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. More adulting like a mother father when we come back. Coming in hot with a nice hot cup of Drew coffee ad for you guys. Um, we are so glad to be home. We are so glad to be in the home of our Drew coffee. The house smells aromatic and it just makes me feel like this just peaceful coziness that I have been longing for. You guys, um, Adulting 50 will get you 50% off um, your subscription. And what's so great about subscribing is that you are automatically entered to win um, a giveaway, which is really fun. I, that is I, a great point, Danielle. You're welcome. These are the things that I remember um, because everyone loves free stuff, but the stuff that you're willing to give away is the stuff that we need most. It's that high-end quality coffee accessory, the vibiness that um, you bring to the Drew Coffee give table. Um, <laughs> just, Just a little extra thank you for subscribing and being a part of the Drew Coffee community. So go to drewcoffee.co enter adulting50 at checkout to take 50% off your subscription that's um, off your first month and we cannot wait to cheers you virtually and now back to adulting like a mother father 
we're just excited to talk about all things pertaining to gut health because I feel like there's a lot of buzz around it. Some may not know much about it at all, which will be really great because we're going to jump in. But I'm very interested in it because I, um, I've been a big proponent of taking probiotics for years now. And I've had, I've had this conversation before on another episode, but it's like, I just want to understand why. Because I know it works for me and I know I feel better, but I want to understand more about why we need to be doing this. Yeah. And treat yeah. me like I know nothing because I know absolutely And I've been trying nothing. to get him to take probiotics. He still hasn't even done it. Okay. So let's we're going to, we're going to work on this man. We're going to oh. work on this man right here. Good, yeah. good. I, dude, I need to know you've amassed over 250,000 followers on Instagram. Like what is it about? what you do and about gut health that like really gets people juiced up. Yeah. So I, I I just, you know, I think that the, I think that the, what people collect like really connect with is the authenticity and the passion. Yeah. Um, You know, at the end of the day, like when people see that, when you're being your true self and you're not trying to be something that you're not. Yeah. And you're just having real conversations, but you're also sharing something that you really truly believe in, like to the depths of your soul then I think that's what people want and they get excited about it. And then they want to be a part of that too. So why is it that you truly believe in this to the depths of your soul? Well, so I've lived it. And I think for me, it had to start there. So Daniela, it's, you know, I am the classic type A personality. So I always have a five and a 10 year plan. I always believe that that plan is going to manifest And that that's the only way that's the only path in life is through like these goals that I create for myself. And all of that got diverted and sidetracked because I started having health issues. So if you went back 10 years ago, I was 30 years old. All right. I was living in Chicago and I was the chief medical resident at Northwestern, one of the top residency programs in the country. And you would look at me and you go, man, you are smashing it right now. Like chief resident published eight papers in the top GI journals. Everything is going well. And I would say, yes, but I am miserable. I was 50 pounds overweight, high blood pressure, high anxiety, low self-esteem, low energy. And it wasn't a lack of awareness to these issues. I knew I had a problem. I looked in the mirror. I saw it. And I knew something had to change and I didn't really have the way to do that through my traditional medical education, which I found to be kind of weird because I believe in this. And so I tried doing like the typical guy thing, exercising six days a week, 45 minutes of weights, 30 minutes of cardio, man, that's got to get me where I want to go. Right. But it didn't. And, you know, I was building endurance. I was strong. I was fast. I was still 50 pounds overweight. I still had anxiety. I still had high blood pressure. So I was trying to figure this out. And what happened for me that transformed my life is that I met the person who is now my wife. And we were just like dating. And we were just, these are first couple dates. We're just going to know each other. And we'd be out at a restaurant. And at this point in my life, it's a little bit later. I'm like 33 years old. It's Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I'm at the University of North Carolina in my GI fellowship. It's the pork capital of the world, right? Like Smithfield is like less than an hour away. And we go out to dinner and my wife is like, she could get a pork chop, she get a steak, she get whatever she wants. There's all of these plates that celebrate the meat. And she starts ordering plants. 
And I'm just like, yo, what's up with this girl? Like, I have no clue what you're even doing. I've never been around a vegan in my entire life. And so, but, and the thing is like, you gotta, you you have to know that, like, I don't know that she's going to be my wife. We're just starting to get to know each other. Yeah. But what I saw opened my mind. Maybe the diet that has been a part of our family tradition for generations. Maybe that's my problem. And so I reconsidered the food that I was eating. Maybe it's time to make a dietary change. And so I started making small substitutions, like instead of going to Hardee's for the $5 grab bag, which by the way, I mean, it's a great deal if you're looking at like calories per dollar spent. (laughs) But rather than going there and doing that, I went home and I would like make a big, big smoothie. And I felt energized. I felt light. I went to the gym right afterwards and smashed a workout. And next thing you know, Andrew, like I'm starting to make these little changes in my diet, not big things, little changes. The weight is melting off my body. The anxiety is lifting. The blood pressure meds go in the, go in the trash can. The self-esteem starts surging. I start feeling like the way that a 30 something year guy sure. should feel like. Yeah. And so that transformation came like it was a required part of this process for me because otherwise I would just be a gastroenterologist and I would have that prescription pad and I would have those procedures. But this was so powerful that I became obsessed with the idea of my gosh, it has to be nutrition. This is what we're missing. And I'm a healer. Like that's what I'm here to do. I spent 16 years in a rigorous educational environment so that I could be that. That's what I want to do. So I, um, so anyway, I started like devouring these studies, researching them and extending my education beyond what I would been trained in and then bringing it into my clinic and seeing radical transformations in my patients. And it got to be so powerful that I got to a point in 2016 where I was like, I just feel like I need to get the word out. Like it's not enough to be in this clinic. Yeah. People deserve to hear this. And so I started an Instagram account being a guy who like, I'm not into social media at all. <laughs> all right. There are a million things I would rather be doing than be screwing around on Instagram. But I felt like I needed to spread the word. And so I put it out there. Super humble. You can go back and check my early posts. They're pretty lame. Um, and like, I got like 25 likes. And so, but you know, I just kind of kept doing this and then I started podcasting. And then in 2018, I had a podcast with my friend Simon Hill from Plant Proof mm. that went viral. It went viral and literally hundreds of thousands of people heard this podcast and they start reaching out to me literally from around the world. People in Australia, New Zealand, Europe, South Africa are reaching out to me and they're like, you changed my life. It's amazing. So cool. And so when that started to happen, I was like, yo, there's something to this. There is power in the ability to disseminate information to people far beyond just being my patient one-on-one in my practice. And so I decided that the best way for me to capture these thoughts and ideas that I had and put them into a format that people could consume was to write a book. And so I wrote my book, Fiber Fueled. It took me about a year and a half to do. It came out in May of 2020, right in the middle of this exploding pandemic. And 
despite that, it became a New York Times, uh, USA Today, and <laughs> and Publishers Weekly bestseller. And now here we are. And after eight months, sold more than a hundred thousand copies. And you know, and it's incredible because at the end of the day, regardless of that, like you can sell copies of books. What I care about is the result. Yeah. The result is I'm getting messages from people around the world who are telling me that I've transformed their health with this book. And that, that makes it all worth it for me. Yeah. I, I mean, on a small scale, I can resonate with that. And I think she can too. It's like, regardless of what you're doing, the best part about it is that feedback and like the time that somebody takes to tell you, Hey, you helped with this part of my life or you changed my life or even what you're doing just provided me five minutes of light during the day. So I, I can imagine like, how much satisfaction you get just from knowing that you're, you're literally changing the trajectory of somebody's entire life for the rest of their life. Yeah, man. And that's, that's incredible because at the end of the day, my motivations go back to the sort of like teenage kid yeah. who was like, I think I want to go to med school. Right. And it's like that, that's where this all started for me. And this is a weird path that I'm on. This was not planned. This was not expected. I never dreamed of being an author. I never dreamed of being a New York Times bestseller. I'm just trying to follow that authentic path yeah. that allows me to heal people and opportunities get put in front of me. And I'm like, cool, let's do it. Yeah. And so. Um, I have like a small story that you might appreciate that's similar to yours, actually. When I was about 14 years old, um, so I was a child actor. I was working a lot at the time and I was on a show, it was high stress. Um, I started having like a lot of gastro problems. And so I went to a doctor for it and, um, I was put on a few different medications. One in particular was called Zelnorm. And I don't know mm. if you're familiar with that, but I was oh, yeah. like, okay. So I was like a smaller, you know, 14 year old developing girl. And, um, like I said, high stress environment, um, working long hours, traveling, and ended up getting like um, what felt like addicted to this medication, not only like physically, mentally, and emotionally, which brought on a whole skew of other other issues. But what, the, what it looked like was I went from being about probably 90, 100 pounds or whatever to about 70 pounds. Um, and what it was doing was like speeding up my, I guess, metabolism, helping contract my colon at like a rapid pace. And it just goes to show you, right? Like doctors are incredible. Modern medicine is incredible. It's the reason why our son is here. It's the reason why we have so much available to us, but you know, it is amazing when you talk to a doctor who's open to plant-based medicine, who's open to having conversations outside of medication, because I got very ill. It brought on a lot of stress in my family and my work environment. Um, that's now obviously illegal. I was, I was hit up by lawyers saying that there had been people that had numerous um, heart attacks and deaths and so on and so forth. Um, and what was even crazier is that when the medication stopped doing what it was doing, I would, they would up my prescription. So by the time I was done, it was like, I was like an energizer bunny. I was like on one. It's wild. And, and if only, yeah. and what ended up happening was, took the reins into my own hands and I was like, I'm never seeing a doctor <laughs> to this day. I really don't see many other than for, you know, birthing. But um but I ended up being vegan around that time and became very, very committed to nutrition and listening to my body and basically in so many words like cured myself. 
But um, so I'm, I'm grateful for a book like yours. I'm grateful for people like you using your voice because I really, truly feel like we can do so much healing on our own. Like it amps me up to even talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is amazing, Danielle. And, and I am with you 100%. And just for clarity for everyone who's listening at home, Zone Norm was taken off the market. So Zone Norm is a drug that no longer is available because of cardiac side effects. And so, and I think that, you know, there is a history lesson here. We have to understand how we got to where we are today by looking back at our history. If you went back a hundred years ago, the top causes of death, like one through five were infections. Heart disease wasn't that high. Cancer wasn't that high. And we had a problem. People were dying of infections and we emerged from world war two and the world was different. And by the way, like, I kind of feel like we're going through that right now, to be honest with you. Yeah. There's a transformation underway, but we emerged from World War II and this was a new world and we had discovered penicillin. Mm. And all of a sudden we have a way to eradicate our top causes of death. Like, yo, this is powerful, right? And we became seduced by the pill. We became seduced with the power that you could have in a prescription or in a procedure, to the point that we doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on our healthcare system. And I'm not saying that penicillin is bad. Penicillin is the greatest invention in the history of medicine. But when something is that good, we obsess over it. We overutilize it and it ends up harming us at some point. And that's what's happened. And we built a healthcare system around the concept of pills and procedures because it started with penicillin. And what we've lost sight of the entire time is diet and lifestyle. And the reason why it's so important is the reason why it's so important is that if you wait until you have the problem, then you have missed the opportunity to prevent it. The bomb has already gone off. Why wait for the bomb to explode when all it takes is cutting the, cutting the wire right now. And we can do that with our diet and our lifestyle. So I believe Danielle, this is the way that I feel. I believe that, our healthcare system is inherently flawed because we are waiting until people are sick and then we're covering up the problem with pills and procedures. We're not getting to the root of the issue, which is diet and lifestyle. And we're not offering people the opportunity to prevent diseases before they occur. But the flip side is also a problem. If we go there and we say, look, I'm just going to eat well and I'm going to exercise and sleep and I'm not going to ever see a doctor. There are people who will still get heart disease. There are people who will still get cancer. And some of those cases could have been prevented with appropriate medical care. So the best healthcare is when we blend these two together, we rock diet and lifestyle. Now, every single one of us from today, going forward, we rock diet and lifestyle. We make that our mantra. That is the foundation of our health. But then when we need healthcare, guess what? There are, there are 21st century tools that we have developed that can really help people when they need them. And so let's not ignore that either. I, I couldn't agree more with that approach. Um, you, you know, you're talking about rocking diet and lifestyle. If you're okay with it, man, let's rock it right now for our listeners. Like what is diet and lifestyle for you? Okay. So for me, it, it comes back to not just the diet that I was eating when I was transforming my health. It's the science. It's the science. Science is the compass that guides us to the truth. It's not perfect. 
All right. That's why it's not a map, but it is a compass that gets us moving in the right direction as we look to find the truth. And this is what we need right now. We need the science. And so for me, what I started to see around this time, Andrew, like this time in my life, which was 2013, 2014, is I was seeing scientific papers coming out talking about the gut microbiome. Now, let me just kind of give 101, like, you know, gut health 101 for everyone who's listening at home that perhaps isn't familiar with this. Yeah, please. So, you know, here we are, uh, these big, strong, autonomous humans. I am six foot four. I'm 200 pounds. All right. But I am not alone. Covering me from the top of my head to the tip of my toes are these invisible microbes. So many of them that it's hard for us to fathom. If you are listening at home and you look at your thumb right now, on that thumb, there are as many microbes as there are people in the UK. Like literally right there. And they're invisible. You can't see them, which makes you like kind of feel that they're not there, but they're there. They're alive. They're as alive as you and I are. And they are most concentrated inside of our large intestine, which is our colon. This is why we call it the gut microbiome. So bacteria, fungi, yeasts, in some cases, parasites. Some parasites are good, by the way. And viruses. And this makes up an ecosystem. There is a harmony and balance that exists inside of us in the same way that there's harmony and balance in the Amazon rainforest or in the Great Barrier Reef. They're all there playing their part to try to keep us healthy. And there are 39 trillion of these microbes. All right, 39 trillion. Now, this is a number that's like, yo, what? (laughs) All right, let me try to put this into perspective for everyone. If you took our universe, every single star in the sky, and you compact it down, you would need 100 galaxies full of stars to equal the number of microbes that you have inside of you literally right now as one human being. All right. They outnumber our human cells. You are less than 50% human. And they're there with a purpose. We have a purpose. They have a purpose too. They're not just like hanging on for the ride. They're not there to just like take from you and never give back. We have a symbiotic relationship. We make each other better. And the way that that relationship developed was during 3 million years of human evolution. Basically, every single human in human history has had a gut microbiome. And we rose and we fell together. When we live, they live. And so during those 3 million years, they helped us to live better lives. And we grew to trust them. And if you look at the deal, we have given them tremendous responsibility. So they are deeply intertwined with our digestion, which sounds like, oh, it's not a big deal. That's, you know, that's just, we, we poop, whatever. Hold up. Digestion is access to nutrients. That is life. You don't have life without access to nutrients. These gut microbes are a huge part of that. They're connected to our immune system. 70% of our immune system lives in our gut. You want to know where your immune system is? 70% of it is in your gut. They're connected to our metabolism. So our weight balance, our blood sugar, you know, our insulin sensitivity or insulin resistance, our blood lipids, even satiety after a meal when we feel full, controlled by these gut microbes. Our hormones, they're controlled to our hormonal balance, both female sex hormones and male sex hormones. Our brain, 
they're connected to our mood, our cognition, uh, our memory, our genetic expression. We are not just like a code that actualizes disease. We are a code like a switchboard. And the question is who's flipping the switches to determine whether or not you'd manifest disease. And the answer is your gut microbes. So you take this full picture, digestion, nutrition, immune system, metabolism, hormones, brain health, genetic expression. And you step back, you go, Oh man, that is powerful. And this is an organ that we didn't even know really existed until about 15 years ago. And this is an organ that isn't even human. And it is perhaps the most important thing for human health. It's insane. Mic drop. I'm out. Thanks guys. That's just wild stuff, man. Um, I want to not necessarily backpedal, but get into the, the one-on-one of gut health. So for me as an individual, I've always looked at health as more of an external thing. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in here, but as long as I look good uh, from the outside, like my body's in shape and my mind feels okay, I generally feel healthy. Um, so convince somebody like me who from the outside or externally feels healthy, that gut health is an important part of what I should be thinking about. Okay. So two things. Number one, think about a professional bodybuilder. They look incredible from the outside. The life expectancy of a professional bodybuilder, they've actually studied this, is 47. Wow. Oh my gosh. You can look incredible on the outside and be absolutely rotten on the inside. Right? So now with health, on the inside comes the appearance of health on the outside too. When I healed my gut, I lost 50 pounds and here I am. And I'm an old dog at 40. Like I can't believe I'm 40. I think I'm still a college kid on the inside, (laughs) but I'm 40 now. And I look in the mirror and I like the guy that I see a heck of a lot more at 40 eating well and exercising, not nearly as much as I used to when I was 30. So that's the first thing is that when you, if you embrace gut health, you don't have to make compromises with your health. Sometimes when you look good on the outside, you're making compromises with your health that are making you less healthy in the process. That makes All right. sense. The, the second thing is that think about what we're talking about here, that it's not just the digestion, but we're talking about protecting yourself from autoimmune disease protecting yourself from metabolic diseases, not just obesity, but also diabetes um, and heart disease and Alzheimer's, stroke, kidney disease. And I just listed a few of the top 10 causes of death in the United States. And every single one of the ones I just mentioned has been connected back to the gut, to our gut. And it's that important. And these are, these are latent diseases that by the time they show up and manifest, it's after decades of damage that you could have prevented. And once they're here, they're here. And we can't just take that back. Right? So no matter who you are, whether you are healthy or not, whether you are young or you are old, you have an opportunity. And the beautiful thing about the gut is this. So our genetic code is our genetic code, right? 
But if our genetic code was so great and so important, then we would just check your genes and we wouldn't even have to do anything else. And it's just not the way that it works. But our gut microbiome is adaptable. It is forgiving. It is like a piece of clay that you can mold and turn it into whatever you want. Studies show us, Andrew, that just 24 hours after a meal, that meal is changing your gut microbiome. Wow. So literally one day's worth of food, boom, tomorrow, you're going to have shaped your gut microbiome based upon your dietary choices. Every single food that you put into your mouth goes through 20 to 25 feet of intestine. And during the process of passing through, it comes into contact with your gut. That's wild. Wait, so hold up. Okay. I need to get like the basics here. So when you're saying, you know, we're eating whatever that changes our microbiome, just in simplest forms, what are you, what would you recommend people eat to protect their gut health? Like what is this diet? What is this lifestyle? What does it look like? Um, like spell it out for us. Cause even I, right? Like I feel pretty health conscious. I've been vegan for over 20 years. Um, but still, like I want to make sure that I, I'm doing the right thing here. <laughs> right. Totally, Daniela. And let me, let me break this down and tell y'all about what I consider to be the most important thing for everyone to know. Okay. And the one thing that if you're going to take away an action from this podcast today, let this be the action. Okay. So there is a special connection between dietary fiber and our gut microbes. When I say dietary fiber, I am not referring to that orange drink that my grandma used to stir up so that she could poop. Okay. I'm talking about a part of every single plant, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, seeds, nuts, legumes, they all have fiber. But the word fiber is like the word protein, right? It's a category. And each plant has its own unique types of fiber. And these microbes that are inside of us, they have personalities. <laughs> they're like, I'm serious. They're like us. They have different skill sets and they have different dietary preferences. They're picky eaters. <laughs> and their preferred food is fiber. Mm. Right? And the, the, when you eat a black bean, there are specific microbes that will thrive because you ate a black bean. When you eat broccoli, it's a different set of microbes that thrive because you ate broccoli. And what we want is we want this ecosystem to be diverse, right? We, it's, like, it's like the Amazon rainforest, lush, all different species. We want a diverse ecosystem. A diverse ecosystem is best fed with a diverse mix of fibers that you get from as many different varieties of plants as possible. Gotcha. Right. So, and what I'm saying is that the most important thing for a healthy gut is to do something that our food system is not going to allow us to do unless we hijack it mm -hmm. and we make this a rule. You have to eat a wider variety of plants in your diet. And there was a study, Daniela, this is not just like, hey, Dr. B's got a cool idea and you could write a book about that idea. This is actually scientifically validated. The largest study to date 
which is called the American Gut Project, but it's not just American. It's actually 45 different countries and territories from around the world. The largest study to date to connect our gut microbiome to our diet and lifestyle practices found that there was a single number one most powerful predictor of a healthy gut. And that was the diversity of plants in your diet. Mm. So when we eat, if we are vegan or if we are not vegan, which I would imagine a lot of the listeners are not, mm-hmm. we are all welcome at the gut health table. <laughs> but there is a path that involves this one principle, which is eat a wider variety of plants in your diet. And so it could be so simple as like making a smoothie and getting chia, flax, hemp, spinach, blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, get them all in there. Mm-hmm. Why restrict it? Get them all in there. It could be making uh, like tomato sauce. So like Danielle, you come from an Italian family. Mm-hmm. You take that tomato sauce, tomato sauce with spaghetti, too simple, not super nutritious. Hold up. Talking about parenting, talking about adulting, get your kids in the kitchen. Garlic, onions, mushrooms, zucchini, carrots, spinach, maybe kale. All right. The kids are throwing the stuff into the sauce. The sauce is bubbling and it's fragrant Mm -hmm. and the whole house smells nice. You go to serve it and you ask your kid, who made this? I did, daddy. Yeah, yeah. And you're just... Right. And then you smash some basil and some fresh parsley on top. And it's like out of nowhere, you have a meal with like eight or 10 different plants. Boom. Your microbes. Of this culture. Okay. (laughs) I cook with a variety. Um, I'm going to cook with more after speaking with you. But you're right in that our system is rigged because it isn't as accessible as it should be. And it isn't something that people talk about enough. Um, And I want our listeners to hear us loud and clear when I say like, it is up to us to create more of that demand, unfortunately. And also like, you know, and I say this a lot, it's like, it's a priority. You have to make it a priority because it does take reworking maybe your budget or where you, you know, grocery shop or whatever, you know, makes sense to you. Because unfortunately it's not, like I said, it's just not as accessible as it should be. And these conversations aren't being had. So, um, I, you could spend money at a hospital, right. Or you could spend money in your own home being smart and savvy and preventing future problems down the line. And the other thing to bear in mind is that, you know, when people think of a plant-based diet, there's an inclination to think about fresh produce and that's a part of it, but that actually isn't going to be the dominant factor in terms of your caloric intake. All right. So a plant-based diet is built on legumes and whole grains and healthy starches. So get those things like beans are not expensive and everyone has access to that. And then like, don't be bashful about going to the freezer section. Mm -hmm. It is totally fine to get the frozen blueberries, to get the frozen broccoli. Like that is completely fair game. It doesn't always have to be fresh. It's it's fine. I love that you said that. I love that you said that because I struggle communicating um, these points to people because there are a lot of people that have that same response where it's like, you know, I just can't afford fresh produce or it's not available to me. And I have so much sympathy. Like if I could fix that in one second, that would be like top of list. Like I want everyone to have these options available to them. 
but you're right. We can totally buy it. And even your own produce, right? Like, can't we do a better job of making sure that we buy what we need or buy in bulk and maybe freeze our own um, stuff. So that way we have it available to us also direct to, to the farmers. Like I've learned that that saved me a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. So that I'm taking out a little bit of that overhead, but thank you. Like, I just want to say thank you. Cause like there, there are solutions out there. It's just sort of thinking differently. And sometimes they're just not as convenient, but unfortunately those are the things that are going to help us in the long run. If we make it a priority and a habit, right. Yeah. We, you know, a couple of few examples, we have a farm stand. Uh, so it's one of those, uh, basically like hydroponic gardens, super low maintenance. All right. And once you get past the initial cost, like literally each plant is two bucks. Yeah. And my kids love them. Like Mm -hmm. my son and I, my son is four. We will go outside and this kid is smashing greens, like smashing kale raw because he's so excited because who grew the plant? You did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, I think that that's an option. I agree with you, like getting something direct from your farmer, going to the farmer's market. You know, these are all options. There's a company called Misfits that sells organic produce that is being sold at a, at a they'll, they'll, they'll ship it to you and it's sold at a decreased cost because it doesn't technically have the appearance that the supermarket is looking for. Well, it's okay. still good food. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Totally. Oh my God. I love that. Thank you for all of those little details. And I totally agree with your son. Okay. I grew up, like you said, an Italian family, my grandparents had a garden and all I wanted to do was go and harvest their garden. I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I was literally eating everything. (laughs) They were probably like, well, thanks for all that um, hard work uh, in your belly, but no, it's great. It's a great lesson to teach people who have families um, to have more of a connection with your food. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. Thank you, Dr. B. I so appreciate all your insight. I have a much better understanding and I'm going to make a smoothie in about four seconds from now. Let's give a couple sips to Andrew while you're in there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get him on board. Hey man, before you go, um, just let our listeners know where they can find you, where they can find the book. Hit them. Sure. My book is called Fiber Fueled. It came out in May, uh, New York Times, USA Today and Publishers Weekly Bestseller. Very proud of it. And if you, if you pick it up, you can get it wherever books are sold. If you pick it up, uh, please, you know, feel free to connect with me on social. Let me know that you found it. Let me know what you think of it. My um, social handles on Instagram and, and Facebook, I'm the Gut Health MD. And I have a website, theplantfedgut.com, the plant where you can go. And, you know, this is an incredibly exciting time because, you know, I talked about how this, the gut microbiome is shifting paradigms. And the science is literally coming out every day. Like it's, it's insane. And so if you come to my website, theplantfedgut.com, I have a free email list where basically what I do is when a new study comes out, which is every week almost, I will basically do a write up and I will share it with you and I will break it down for you. Oh, right. Wow. And it's, and you, cause there's a little bit more that I want to say than I can put into an Instagram post. So yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. And then um, the last thing is that I, I created an online course which you can also find on my website, theplantfedgut.com. And it is a seven-week course meant to empower people with the knowledge that they need to take health, take their health back, take their health into their own hands. And um, basically seven weeks of video lessons, audio lessons, journal clubs, case studies, recipes, 
uh, live Q and A's with me every single week, a private Facebook group. I mean, basically yeah. this huge, robust environment. Danielle, if you want to do it, just let me know. Yeah, I will. This huge, robust environment, and um, for the sake of helping people to change. And what I am most proud of is at the end of the day, what this all comes back to for me, whether it's the book, the course, whatever, my Instagram, is that I am a doctor. I take call every three nights. Like, I'm not kidding. I take call every three nights. And my life is devoted to trying to help people heal. And however I can engage with you to help you heal, whether it's the free stuff that I put out there with podcasts and Instagram, whether it's buying my book or getting it from your library, or it's investing into joining me in the course for a full seven weeks deep dive. However I can help you heal, that's what I want to do. That's what I'm all about. And I appreciate the opportunity to come in and talk to you guys. Oh my gosh. Oh man, we've loved having you. Thank you. That's um, really informative. And I hope our listeners take advantage of all your offerings because it could be life-changing. It will be life-changing. For many people it is. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hi to the family and thank you again for taking the time to chat with us. That's my pleasure. Congrats on the baby and uh, look forward to talking soon. All right. right, See See ya. See ya. (laughs) All right, guys, we're back. Here's adulting like a mother father. Okay, we're back. Uh, And it's the three of us still myself, Daniela. And baby Ivory, I think she wanted to get on the mic real quick. Oh, Do you want to let her talk? You know what she wants to say is, Dad, where's the new rap? Oh, yeah, I'm slacking. <laughs> um, I'm going to find some time to do it because it needs to be done. Of course And it's it going to be fire. So thank you guys for being patient. I know everybody is waiting for this rap. Everybody, like literally everybody's DM'd me about Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> um, I just want to give a quick thank you to Dr. B. You guys hit him up on Instagram. What's his handle again? It's at the gut health MD. Make sure you go give him a follow. Um, he's all things health, but specifically GI health. Which is all things health primarily right that's what it sounds like yeah it's a big piece of our health and it's a big piece that i think we neglect you know the, the one ways. thing that like really stood out for me well two things actually um to simplify when you're looking at gut health he literally said diversity is the number one thing mm-hmm. that creates good gut health and that's at least 30 different types of plants a week uh which when you boil it down it's really easy to do I'm glad you feel that way. I think the the hack was the things like the soups, the smoothies, the things where you can combine a lot of ingredients in one. Um, So that, but also when, you know, you mentioned, I said gut health, you said all things health. Um, 70% of your immune system lies inside your GI system, Mm -hmm. which is crazy for me because, you know, prior to just recently, I didn't really look at my gut health as a component. Like obviously I know it plays a role, but I didn't look at it as a major factor in my overall health. Right. And for the most part, like I'll look healthy, feel healthy. Um, but I'm, I'm starting to look at health as a, a much bigger pie, mm-hmm. you know, and there's pieces in there that like I just had neglected over time and I want to start putting everything together and gut health for me is, is now a priority. So I'm I'm happy that we ran across Dr. B and As actually am I. yeah he was an intro from um, Doug Bopes. Oh, cool! Yeah, if you remember that episode, so really happy we connected. Wait, uh, I just want to add one thing. This this whole conversation was very timely because my gut 
needs all the health it can get right now. Um, it's coming off of a, a wild roller coaster and it looks and feels a bit different. So I'm going to be extra mindful of what I'm putting in my body and um, with your help, of course. So excuse me, oh, Chef yeah. Andrew, let's see. Let's get, some, let's get some stories up on uh, the IG with some recipes for so postpartum maybe, maybe meals. Sauce King is coming back. Oh, shoot. Sauce King. remember Sauce King? <laughs> Yeah, nobody probably knows Okay, well, we ran out of time once again, um, but we will pick up the emails on another episode. And really, I think I just want to sum this up with like a big thank you to everyone. Um, This is a really fresh time for us that we are navigating. And um, we will obviously be super transparent along the way, just taking a bit of time to soak it all in. And then we will come back and share. Yeah. Yeah. I want to just add to that. I mean, it's crazy how almost normal it feels right now to be recording. It's literally the day after we got home. I kind of thought going into this, one thing we didn't do with G is like, we just kind of got punched in the face because as new parents, like you just don't know what to experience and almost nothing can prepare you for it. And like we sort of said in the beginning, like I think we both feel a lot more prepared from our experience Mm -hmm. and feel fairly normal today obviously there's a lot to navigate it's very different with two than it is with one um but i think the piece that is really helpful is just being super present like yeah yeah taking a deep breath accepting that things are gonna feel different for Um, sure what i was trying to say in like a really roundabout way is because i start talking and then i lose complete track of where i swear there is everyone talks about mom brain but dad brain does not get enough like no i think it goes all ways it goes (laughs) both ways um anyways what i was trying to say is is i expected us to want to actually take a couple weeks this time and just disappear a bit and like find a rhythm enjoy ourselves at home together and be present and really focus on what we have going on here it feels crazy to me that it feels like it feels right now um, we should be so lucky. We'll see how yeah, this goes. Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah, report yeah. back next week. Cool. With, uh, <laughs> what's happened. Yeah. Since. Just, yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. All, All right. right we love you guys. Leave us a review on Apple podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Kelly, you are killing it on the gram. So much cool content going up. Um, and, uh, follow Dr. B all the things. We love you. That's it. Peace. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Adulting Like a Mother Father. New shows drop every Tuesday on the Direct Message Network on Podcast One.